but yeah, Aaron never gives me any responsibility <laughs> because he knows me. So because I know you show up twenty minutes late to the most important <laughs> interview we've ever had. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, here we go. Rhyme free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast that normally has me sharing bad poetry from my high school journal, which has somehow evolved into a real show. I don't understand how you're claiming a real show here, Aaron, because have you met us? Fair enough. Yep. Well, now, while we planned for this week to be a normal episode, an opportunity arose that we simply could not pass up. Jasper Ford is a writer living in Wales with some of the wittiest words of our time, working in genres that are really hard to pin down. And somehow he has found himself talking to us. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, I don't know if we are experiencing a viral dream together or if he is an outlander in a well of lost podcasts, but whatever reality this is, Jasper, it is a joy and a privilege to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much indeed. A pleasure to be here. I've never, ever discussed poetry, my poetry with anyone. So this is completely, completely new to me. (laughs) Uh, we we love to give you the opportunity i mean as someone who seems to love the craft of wordplay i'm trying to recall there was a sentence in one of your thursday next books which was all compiled of one word was that do you remember working um it might be the had had yes had 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 had. (laughs) yes so that's yeah that's quite fun that yeah yeah yeah, double, you know, multiple words that kind of make sense uh, is actually quite fun to play with. Um, and they're quite good to try and sneak in because they're kind of jarring. Um, but if you can if you can put a flag over them, you know, to say, no, no, look, I'm trying. I'm actually trying to make these mm-hmm. these words work because usually you can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. you can't say the next X or there, there or R, R, R. It oh. just doesn't work when you're writing. But I thought, well, why not? Let's let's have fun with it. Yeah. So it's the, the had had. I think that's in um, uh maybe one of lost plots or lost in a good book, but I think it's, is it 17 hads in a row? It, it was impressive. <laughs> and it had me uh, laughing out loud when I encountered yeah. it. It was yeah. uh, a work uh, of wonder to, to put yeah. that it's, many hads I, in a row. Well, I mean, it's to be, to be honest, I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's not one of mine. I mean, that's, that's been around for do- donkeys years. I mean, that's a, um, that's, a, you know, I was just running with it. So, sure. you know, don't, don't give me, don't give me the credit for goodness sake. But, uh, but I, I sort of t- took the idea, ran with it, and just yeah. developed the idea. But I think I think that, that the, the had-had sentence has been around for a while. Nice. As someone who, who appreciates words like you do, I imagine you've, you've dabbled in poetry before? Well, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because um, um, I, I have, I mean, I have, you know, um, but it's really... I, 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 have, I have what I think is called uh, poetical aphasia, right? Okay. So, and what this means is, you know, aphasia, you, you don't, you can't really read it, right? Yeah. So, so I, I can look at poetry on the page and it kind of doesn't really make any sense to me. Occasionally it does, but most of the time it doesn't. But if I hear someone say it, then I go, oh, that's good. I, I you know, I want me some of that. And then I, <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so, I mean, to, uh, to take an obvious one, um, 
you know, Ozymandias, King of Kings. Um, you know, when it's when it's actually spoken, it's it's amazing. But when I read it, I go, oh, okay, something's gone there, something's lost. So it, it's a weird one. So my my poetry is really like sort of limericks plus. Uh, because that's kind of what I understand you know a good limerick is like I can get that I can totally get that and 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 you know some 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 poems you know stuck in my head like there's um uh I think it's Longfellow there was one out of Psalm of Life which I remember hearing and I instantly had to put it to memory um which I I I try and get this right um art, art art is long and time is fleeting and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. Um, and it was so brilliant when I heard it, and it was spoken by someone much better than me. Um, I thought, ah, oh, yeah, I got to, I got to put that one up there because right. it's, um, you know, the wonderful thing about poetry, and I, I, I could do the Raven as well at one mm. point. I could do the whole Raven. It, it lasts about ten minutes. Yeah. Um, so I do actually have quite a few poems up there and I've got a lot of really, really uh, saucy limericks, which are completely unrepeatable uh, <laughs> in this family show. I mean, uh, just awful. I mean, just absolute pure smut, you know, um, maybe maybe for the R rated. Yeah, for the, for the late well. night. But not this one. So, so actually, I've got quite a lot, quite a lot up there um, because uh, poems are great because you can take them with you. Mm-hmm. And they're like having it's like having, you know, yeah, well, you know, you guys know this. it's like having your your iPod and your iPod runs out of runs out of batteries. And then you go, OK, well, let's let's just go back to go back to the beginning and see if I can do uh, the listeners um, mm. from and you start doing it, you know, or your know, listeners is a favorite one. And I couldn't I could do that. But and I think probably if I sat in the car and I was driving, it would take me about, you know, half an hour to get it all back, mm-hmm. um, sure. you yeah. know. Uh, you know, the listeners, Walter de la Mer, yeah. very, again, Walter de la Mer, like Longfellow, you know, not considered, you know, a great, you know, massive thing in poetry. But for me, it kind of works because I understand it on a sort of more, you know, because of my aphasia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with, um, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of poems like that, that I can sort of just recall. And that's actually a great deal of pleasure in that. That's cool. But yeah. when it comes to more really what people regard as proper poetry, you know, which is, I think, meant to be the crack cocaine of the literary world, where it goes straight in and like squeezes the brain eh, like that without touching the sides. You know, that stuff I have a, a bit of a bit more trouble with, I must say. That's fair. This this is reminding me of a a sketch from a bit of Fry and Laurie, uh, mm. where Stephen Fry is interviewing uh, is interviewing Hugh about poetry that you can take on vacation Mm. and it just every time I think of it it makes me giggle because there's this beautiful moment of do you have a short poem that anybody could memorize and he pulls out a book and he just holds it and says and it hangs there for like 10 seconds and you just go oh oh that's it this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and I will (laughs) not stop laughing (laughs) oh no. <laughs> yeah. This is another good question, you see, because uh, when I'm when I meet um when I meet poem poets, you know, because I I some I meet poets here in you know in Britain, you know, it's like what do you do? You know, I'm sort of you know whatever, and I'm a poet, and and my my question is why are you not speaking in rhyme? <laughs> <laughs> and they and they go well, 
all poems don't have to rhyme. And I go, no, but I expect you to rhyme like a little bit because some <laughs> poems rhyme like a little bit or you're not speaking in sort of, you know, pentameter, iambiter, you know, or iambic pentameter, that's it. Iambic. Why aren't you speaking in iambic pentameter? And they get so annoyed when you say this. Because the one thing that poets hate more than anything else is is mocking them, you know. So so I I you know I try not to do that. But yeah, I mean, if they're small, you know, and I can take them on, then go for it. But if they're kind of big and hulking, then I just generally sort of go, oh, really, a poet? That's marvelous, fantastic. <laughs> it's why we do this show over Zoom and not in person. Yeah, we <laughs> get beat up by a lot of yeah. people. I think. Yeah, I think I think Nicole yeah. or Shiksha would just uh, take us out if yeah. if they, if they yeah. were in person. No, I think you're right. Luckily, we bring them on to share their own bad poetry, and it's stuff yeah. that they admit is bad. So we get to um, make fun as much as we please. So no. <laughs> that, that's fair enough. Well, we typically have Dave share one of his uh, hastily oh. put together weekly poems to bring us into the realm of poetry before our guest shares. So Dave, did you write something to read for your favorite living author? <laughs> I I did. I had so many different ideas. I wanted to do a play on Lorem, the Lorem Ipsum, um, like Thursday's uh, child does. I wanted to uh, make reference and I never felt comfortable with anything that I had written. So this is a poem called Confidence. To be sure in oneself, to know whatever the outcome, you will be sufficient. To have within your mind, body, and soul assurance of your ability. To be unafraid as you write a poem for a literary genius who you respect and admire, aka something I greatly lack in this moment. Well, I, I, what, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Besides the words and the cadence and not I mean, rhyming. I, I would have... I, I think maybe you could have put in maybe staggering before the genius, perhaps. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Or and after the genius, you could have said something like, "Whose name will probably live beyond eternity." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, those are just small. small well, and I, I forgot. Like, like as I was reading it, I was going to genuflect and like do, <laughs> like all. Uh, I forgot to bow. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was that was pretty good. I mean, is that why do you, do you guys call that bad poetry? Uh, well, <laughs> well, because I wrote it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to cause any trouble here. Sure. But I kind of think that any poetry becomes is is becomes good when you write it, doesn't it? I mean, it's like there's no bad poetry or. There's no kind of, and I'm sure this guy's is what you, you know, the ironic sort of ironiness of bad poetry is, is that, of course, by its very creation, you know, it is actually becomes, it has to be good because <laughs> it's an expression and expressions right. only can only be positive. So, yeah. well, genuinely, but um, generally, generally um, yeah. but I, I don't know. I mean, um, discuss. Well, you, you, you've kind of hit on um, our general thesis of this project is even the worst poetry from high school mm. is is an expression of of a context and an emotion at a time yeah. and so when we mm. pick apart my utter hot garbage um <laughs> 
it we still find great conversation within and i think that's that's the the fun part is the conversations that that poetry tends to create um and so i i think you're right there is goodness in in creation itself i don't think we could have gotten aaron to admit to that unless you had said it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to change the podcast title (laughs) yeah I, I kind of have a similar way because, uh, you know, as, as an author, I will I will write. I mean, just just today, literally, I deleted two chapters which were became obsolete because I changed something else in the book, and it and they didn't need to be there anyway. But um, but the, the saying I have is that um, even in the worst car wreck, there's always one usable bolt. <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, and I think it's it's the same with poetry. You know, even in the worst. Even in the worst poem, there's there's something, there's some <laughs> sure. concept or there's some nub that you can build on or take forward or or, or something like that. So um, you know there are bad poems and there are there is bad writing, but within it there is something. You know, even if it's not a word, maybe it's even the thought behind it or where you would what you were doing when you were writing it. There's got to be something. You know. To, to, yeah. You know, well, I think that that is um, a great opportunity to bring us into. A poem that you wrote uh, that you are willing to share with us and and you can give us the the context and the meaning behind it after you share. But um, you you have given us Double Trouble Twice as Nice from 1991. (laughs) Yeah. So I think my poetry is is basically about um, I I, I like sort of squeezing words in. So the idea (laughs) of rhyming poetry appeals very, very positively to me because I I never grew up out of that because it's it's actually saying aha it's like a, it's like it's like doing a crossword puzzle without any clues yeah. and things have to rhyme and 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 things like that and if you can get the more rhymes you can fit in the better it must be <laughs> that must be more rhymes the better Correct. so if in, if in every every line you can have a double double um, rhyme then that's got to be better than a single rhyme or no rhymes at all you know, so so it's a very infantile way of looking at poetry, uh, but it's you know my my poetry writing sort of you know um, teaching kind of ended at age seven, I think clearly. So that's where I'm. But anyway, but I put this together. This is in 1991, and my uh, I had to still do uh, twin girls, and mm. for for anyone who had twins out there, and anyone who had twins first before um, <laughs> any other children, or just first, and then you you know kind of said right, that's it, I'm done. Um, this is kind of also for you, perhaps, and there might you might sort of little ring ring a little chord here. But I was just <laughs> mucking around, and I thought, why not I write? Why not I write a, a little poem about the uh, the girls? And wouldn't that be cute and twee and a little bit saccharine? And as it turned out, <laughs> it is everything of those three. So anyway, here it is. It's called it's called Double Trouble, Twice as Nice uh, from 1991, and uh, the girls were three at the time, and they're they're now 33. Uh, So time does march on. Anyway, here it is. Uh, Double trouble, twice as nice. Remember that rhyme about sugar and spice. Sometimes sweet and sometimes sour. They test you daily to gauge your power. Moods that swing from pole to pole, sometimes crying and sometimes droll. Like two magnets, interactive, sometimes repel and sometimes attractive. Screams of joy. Screams of mine follow close on in record time. Hugs and kisses and handfuls of hair, parenthood begins to wear. But then they climb upon your lap, 
curl in a ball and have a nap. Give you presents, help you fly the kite, ask you to kiss their rabbit. Good night. The highs are higher than the lows are low, and it's this what makes you love them so. You'd help them out, oh, getting all emotional. <laughs> uh, you'd help them out at any price, double trouble, twice as nice. And I haven't, I actually, I haven't read that. I did, I did get a little bit choked, didn't I? I yeah. haven't read that for like 30 years. So that's quite interesting. I think that reads a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah. Because um, we have a down ending, down ending first act and then it all kind of pulls together at the end, you know? It's right. like, oh my God, these children are like the worst thing on ever. And then it's, no, hang on. And some nice, to, yeah, salty and saccharine, but there you go. What do you think, guys? It's unfair because I just read my piece of crap and then you have this and it's actually really cute. Yeah. It's it's, it's quite mean, cute. It's hard for us to do our normal like uh lean in and, and just tear it to pieces because you actually were brought to a, a, a bit of tears in, in your reading. So yeah. it would feel almost um No uh, no, you can do insensitive. what you want. You can do what you want. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I cry if the, I, I, you know, I'll burst into tears if the wind changes. So, you know, I just, you know, get kind of emotional. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, anyway, so you can, um, there's, there's, there's a few bits of wreckage in there that works quite well. I think um, so. Like Two Magnets Interactive. I mean, that's quite yeah. nice, isn't it? Because it actually scans quite nicely as a line. I thought that's quite a good line. Yeah, um, yeah but that's, I'm trying to find another one. I can't really. I'm curious my biggest vice in writing um primarily in sermons uh, but my biggest vice is alliteration i go to alliteration um left and right every every other sentence um i see some in here i'm wondering if that was intentional or if that was just uh like sometimes sweet sometimes sour but i i guess you're quoting something else at that point um but hugs and kisses handfuls of hair right um do you know was a, is alliteration something you you turn to often? Yeah, yeah, it, it does, and I think you know. I mean, looking at this, quite uh, there's lots and lots of repetitive words, um, mm -hmm. and I think that makes makes sense from when you're uh, when you're, and and so this is this is a prose writer actually having a go with 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 po poetry or not poetry but rhyming stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you sometimes sweet, sometimes sour, you've got sometimes, sometimes you've got the the, the alliteration yeah. um, and then you've got uh, pole to pole, sometimes mm -hmm. crying, sometimes droll, sometimes repair. Yeah. yeah. Screams, screams. You know, there's lots of lots of repetitive words, yeah. which I think quite nice. because It just it just flips depending on what you're um, which way you're using it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, alliteration, I've always I've always tried to use that and always tried to make, you know, lines kind of dance a little bit. So, you know, all those little tools do help, I must say. So I, I have to ask, because this is the most important question of our generation. Debate. Yes. I maintain alliteration requires three iterations of the same sound. Aaron, okay. who is wrong, says it only requires two. Um who do you agree with and why is it me? <laughs> well, well, to, well, I mean, put it this way, to, uh, you know, to lose, you know, to lose, uh, what do they say? To lose one parent, you know, is a misfortune. Uh, to lose two looks very much like um, carelessness. I think two could be a chance. Uh, two could just be an accident, you know? Uh, it's like right. you, you do two, two words together and they both got, you know, they both sound the same. It, it just could be a fluke. 
you know mm-hmm. but once you've done three it's like this is no fluke this is obviously intentional right so you know it's like you know i suppose serial killers you know you kill two people and you go is he a serial killer mm, i don't know and then you kill three yeah yeah definitely okay <laughs> so yeah. I, think, I think you know just not sure until you know two of something it just could be a fluke you know but when you got three it's like no 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 that's uh you're actually trying to do something there rules of three are good as well because have you, you know about the rules of three yeah 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 so rules of three are everywhere so so if there's an answer that has should you go with two or should you go with three in it i'd be going with three, oh, three. rules of three i mean three bears you know um three everything um right. when you're writing you go you know you'd go funny funnier than funniest mm-hmm. you know uh three act play I mean, this, this, this rules of threes are everywhere. Now, so this is I've the person who wrote a Last Dragon Slayer trilogy, adding a fourth. Mm. And um, <laughs> yeah, the third bear yeah, is actually the yeah. fourth bear. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can, I mean, everything, I mean, I just, I just couldn't finish the series. I mean, that's why I had to go for a, a fourth in the, in the trilogy. It would have it would have made more sense as a trilogy um, <laughs> and less pain, painless on my readers, I suppose. But um, I don't I don't know. I just felt it it was for and adding a fourth adding a fourth to the three bears did make sense actually. That did, yeah. <laughs> and you're not expecting yeah. that. No, right. Ex- except when you put it yep. in the title, you know. <laughs> yeah, when I put it in the title, that is a bit of a giveaway. giveaway. I, I was going to call I was going to call the fourth bear Camon. Cameron Bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. It always there's always like a ten second pause then when I say that, yeah. but I didn't. You know, well, that's how you bear. you uh, what cheese coaxes a bear out of a cave, right? Is that Cameron Bear? Cameron Bear. Cameron Bear. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron Bear. Yeah, yeah. That totally uh, makes sense. You know, it's a quality that. joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do a real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. To bring it back, uh, before before Dave jumped on, I was telling you how um, we were experiencing the worst tantrum of our, our daughter's lives today. And, um, mm. and uh, she is, in fact, three, much like so. I can I can sympathize with with the father who is writing this in the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, mm. And I cannot imagine what two would be like. Uh, so mm. when you when you took that turn. And got a little choked up. Uh, I have to say, my headspace is not at that turn yet. But I'm, I appreciate the fact yeah. that it's there. That it, yeah, that it will, it will come. <laughs> yeah, no, it will come. And you know, it's not. I'm not getting choked up at the words. I'm yeah. getting choked up at the whole father thing. Exactly. You know? yeah. um, because you know, children. They're they're just, just. I mean, children are both absolutely hideous and just wonderful you know all at the same time <laughs> and and it's like oh my god you know why what, what am i what am i doing this and then of course in, and things change and it's like you know dad you know i love you you know huge you know hug around your neck and you know and they're hanging on your foot you know and you walk around with them sitting on your foot you know right. we've all done that yeah and and all of a sudden they're just the, the 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 most fabulous thing ever um you know they they just they get better and better you know they're they're terrific and they get older and they're wonderful as well so um you know mm. while we have you um <laughs> you talk <laughs> about uh um your your writing style is a narrative dare and you never know where you're going and yet so often mm. there there are all these breadcrumbs do you mm. do you find that you're writing your yourself into a conclusion with the breadcrumbs that you're you're just dropping in? 
Does that make any sense? Uh, what bread comes in? What in which in the book or between series? Oh gosh. Mm. Um, I mean, like you have like running gags, which will end mm. up being uh, a, a key aspect. I'm thinking. Oh gosh, there's those little moments in the Thursday next uh, with like the piano falling and uh, it um, like those little like sentences which are just like in the moment and then they're gone. And then you get to the end and you find out that it's been this whole kind of conspiracy of, Thing. of things. Right. Yeah. The cascade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's a little, tr- little trick here, you see, is that when, when I'm writing, and, um, and this is going to be a huge reveal to anyone who isn't a writer, huge reveal. So really lifting the curtain here. When you write a book, right, you don't just start writing and then carry on writing until you get to the end. <laughs> what? <You can> actually... <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird, but hey, this crazy stuff. But do you know what? If we have a good idea, we can just go back and just pop it in every 20 pages. Because oh, we go. want people to go, hang on, there's something about pianos here. <laughs> and I just literally, I, I will go back and go, where can I drop in a comment about pianos or whatever it is? And it's it's a subtle dark art because what, what you're trying to do is you're you're trying to introduce an idea that's relevant, but you don't want to make too much of it, but you have to keep it alive in people's heads. Yeah. So if there's something that's vital that needs to be there on page 400, I can't just do it on page seven and then never mention it again it's got to be on seven it's got to be on 92 it's got to be 208 and it's got to be on 305 right. and and it keeps it alive and it keeps it going and it, then people go oh right ah oh, of course yeah that's what's been going on so quite often i'll have ideas you know right at the end of a book that changes the book totally uh completely and utterly and and i'll just go back to the manuscripts and i'll go right i've just got to put this in here feather it over, make it work, make it, th- make it, make it seamless. And that's often what I do. And um, the air affair is like just, it's got about, I think it's got about seven subplots running yeah. and they all just pop up at regular intervals. Right. And at the end of the air affair, um, it, it's like, you're just sort of walking down this, walking down this escarpment and all these, and just stumbling over all these, all these subplots that <laughs> I like sort of tie up loosely um, okay. right at the end. Um, you know, the, the, in the air affair, there could be many different plots. You know, is it about, you know, trying to s- stop the war in the Crimea? Or is it is it about Jane Eyre? Is it right. about a love affair? Is it about, you know, getting back together with Landon? Who knows? But yeah. it, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is you edit your work. Mm. Uh, unlike some poets that I know, like, uh, let's say, Aaron, who just... <laughs> Uh, never edits his work and mm. there we find beautiful spelling mistakes and mm. grammar that doesn't make any sense just throwing it out there in general you, you're just you're knocking down a high schooler who <laughs> never intended yeah. Sh- the work shame. to be seen shame on you you know this just is what i'm here you. for i'm here to be judgmental <laughs> fair enough uh, so yeah i think that's fair enough it's my one skill i actually did a um what I did, I mean, this is another interesting, it's not. It's, it's a poem that isn't mine. Hang on, I'm just trying to find it. Um, oh, here it is. No, I've got it. Uh, right, so what this was is this This is um, early spell checkers, right? Early spell checkers weren't very good, right? No, no surprises there. They weren't very yeah. good. So I thought it'd be rather fun to run Jabberwocky, right, <laughs> by Lewis Carroll, which has a lot of nonsense words in it. <laughs> through a spell checker and and i did this in 1994 right so spell checkers was not good 
um, uh, uh, not good at all. So you end up with something quite exciting was, uh, and this is how it goes, um, uh, uh, was broiled and the slushy loves did gore and gamble in the wage. All mimes were the operatives and the cum paths outcrop. Right, but then it, get, it gets better, right? I mean, that's fairly ordinary stuff. It gets better. Beware the no suitable corrections, my son. <laughs> that's actually what it said. Um, you know, so instead of beware the Jabberwock, my son, it couldn't find, it couldn't anything, find anything remotely resembling Jabberwock. So it just popped up no suitable corrections. I went, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So beware the no suitable corrections, my, my son. So it's um, it's it's quite fun. I'll, I'll pop that in your, hang on. I'll, yes, please I'll pop do. that in the, in the, in the Duke Google Doc as well, just for a bit of fun. There we go. That's awesome. <sighs> Yeah, nice, nice for spell checker Jabberwock. Yeah, that's amazing. And and hadst thou slain the no suitable corrections? Yeah, no. Anyway, they, that's <laughs> but you can you can see where my sort of experimental kind of you know yeah. how my mind kind of works. And maybe if I did actually do proper poetry, you know, it might be you know sort of adequate. You know, after ten <laughs> years, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I was reading. So I read some poetry the other day. Uh, well, the other day, five ten years ago. And what it was, it was quite interesting. Someone had just recorded people's conversations on the bus, huh? And they'd and they'd just laid them out as a as a poem, and it actually it actually sounded really good. And it's like, I think we all speak in poetry kind of all the time. You know? That's the beauty of humanity that there's that yeah. creativity and joy oh, yeah. in it. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, I, another point is I, I do talks at school sometimes and I, I'm talking about careers in writing because hmm. I, I don't think schools um, actually promote mm -hmm. careers in writing nearly enough. And mm -hmm. there are, you know, there are many, many careers in, in creative writing. And, you know, and I say to say to kids, you know, uh, who here, you know, likes poetry? And in, if there's like 30 of them, there's always one or two who go, oh, I do, I do. Um, but no one else, no one goes, oh, poetry is like rubbish. And I go, okay, well, who likes listening to songs? You know, and they everyone puts their hand up. And, no. and I say, and do you like the words in the songs? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, they're really good. They, you know, sometimes they really mean things. And I go, okay, it's poetry to music. Right. So you actually all do like poetry after all, don't you? And then they all kind of go, uh, yeah, I guess. You know? <laughs> right. So, so poetry is, you know, I mean, we think of poetry as a niche, you know, as a niche sort of, enjoyment thing but actually what we're really talking about is we're talking about musicless songs yeah. rather than poetry you know yeah um, no no poetry everyone... is only shakespeare and only <laughs> edgar Allan poe and that is it no one has ever yeah. written any other poetry other than yeah, those two <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so um you know you could put the you i mean the sonnets were probably to music so you know um and I would have thought it probably sounded fantastic on a lute That'd to a, a tune yeah. now lost. Although I, I think the Raven, you know, to probably a bass, maybe a single single double bass and, you know, something like that. So, um, oh, man. Um, mm. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, but you did give us a glimpse of another poem you wrote in 1994. Oh. Um, it's a, oh, th that yeah. seemed like yeah. a much longer one, so you don't have to share the entirety of that. But um, no. what you did share um, seemed to have some interesting backstory. So <laughs> if you if you have the time, would you be willing to give us uh, yeah, just yeah, a stanza of that and some explanation? 
Yeah, so this was, um, so I, I used to work in the, in the film industry. Mm -hmm. And in 1994, I was doing a movie called The Trial, you know, the uh, Kafka novel. Oh, yeah. oh, um, and okay. it was with, yeah, the Kafka, yeah. Kafka novel, The Trial. And Joseph K, it was made by, made by um, Orson Welles back in the 60s. Uh, but we made it with Carl, Carl McLaughlin, who you will know mm -hmm. more recently from... Uh, the I don't know Agents of Shield and Portlandia, where he play, plays the mayor, That's um, right. and he was super famous in 1994 for being um, Agent Cooper. I think it was in Twin Peaks, the yes. original Twin Peaks. Yeah. So he was a, like a hot property, and we had him, and he was great. And it also it was like every single famous British actor of that time was featuring in it. So just a galaxy of stars. It was great. We even had Anthony Hopkins. And he was fresh from um, uh, uh, Science of the Science Lambs. Of the Lambs so he, yeah, yeah. So he was playing. He was playing a um, a priest, and he played the priest like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I don't know. You know. Well, why not? Well, yeah, it works. So anyway, <laughs> so so we were in we were in Prague for for I think nine weeks or something, nine or ten weeks shooting this this film. And Prague's a lovely place. Um, and in '94, it was probably a little lovelier because it was. Well, lovelier for us, not for the people living there. It was it was less less billboards, less. Mm. Um, nowadays, it's very much a tourist mecca, mm -hmm. and you you know it's back in '94. It was still kind of it was still kind of just a little bit raw and coming out of coming out of the Eastern Bloc and the, mm -hmm. the Iron Curtain. Um, so it was it was kind of kind of exciting and, and unusual and lovely in a very beautiful city, yet not spoiled by tourism, mm. you know, or over exploited or yeah anyway yeah so um so anyway so whilst we we're on it i i started writing a poem about things that happened on the the shoot so i ended up with a 67 ver 67 uh verse poem which is without context is some of it is quite difficult to understand <laughs> but it was full of little sort of digressions and little sort of stories here and there and sort of silliness um um, but it also, but it also um, goes with a sort of strange, uh, strange verse form. Is again going back to these. Let's make as many rhymes as possible. Um, so, so a typical um, and slightly rude um, uh, reference to Muesli. I can tell you the one about Muesli. Is, <laughs> um, hang on. Oh yeah. So uh, Muesli is a platter of mixed vegetable matter. A triumph of Swiss peasant cuisine. To rolled oats in a pan, add nuts, raisins and bran. It'll make number twos quite routine. <laughs> Beautiful. Be <laughs> so it's it's a fantastic piece of poetical art. But you can see you can see the the, the verse form has the, the double yeah uh, the double. <laughs> Yeah, double meaning all the time. Anyway, so it just goes through from that, and it's about the film, it's about the characters uh, on the crew, it's about the actors, um, it's about the longest speech because it was full of long speeches mm. um, and all all kinds of things. We had Harold Pinter on set at one point, and he was great friends with Vavel, who was the Czech uh, Czech president at the time. So they used to come on set and used to sort of you know give each other hugs and stuff. So it was it was kind of wild, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I did these digressions. Uh, I did Prague di digressions where I would I was trying to do a kind of punchy, um, a punchy description of Prague, right? Okay. So should I do one of those? Sure. I yeah, did three in all, but I'll do one of those. Um, 
Cobbles, Skodas, many stairs, regular trams with regular fares. Tourists crowd, shutters click, Kodak shares rise up quick. Tons of taxi, beers in litres, trabants and no parking meters. Russian watches, Brezhnev hats, muzzled dogs and very few cats. Uh, it goes on. Spires, churches, hotel forum. That was where we were staying. Uh, vertical coffin with no decorum. Surly waiter, no reply. Van Gogh's masterful green rye. See Traviata in the Smetna Hall, home by Metro, fare quite small. Opera seats for £1.20. Madam's house half empty. Wow. You really do. I mean, you paint a, a picture. Do, do, you want, do you want a third one? I'll give you a third one. Uh, by Be- Bekarovka. Okay. Uh, Bekarovka, which actually was one of the beers, right? Bekarovka, painted egg, Jethro Tull on one leg, instant vitus, priceless gems, saw Canalettos, view of Thames. Most nights down at Lafka, T-shirts of Franz Kafka, Jewish quarter, buying crystals, taxi drivers, packing pistols. Okay, I have a question. Mm. Yeah. When did Madonna's Vogue come out? That's a very interesting point. <laughs> it does sound a bit like... I, it has that rhythm. If, yeah, if only there were, a, if only there were a, a series of databases collected by a telephonic communication system, I, we could find this out really if, simply. If you could invent but that. Only someone, would invent, only someone would invent that. Um, Madonna Vogue. I'm going to look it up. It does sound like it, although... It yeah, song by Madonna. Here we are. Um, let's go. There must be a there must be a Wikipedia. It was 1990. Oh, so okay. you were four, four years behind on the. So I was four years behind. Yeah. Although I I think I was more from the Clash. Um, I'm trying okay. to remember the the song from the Clash mm-hmm. where they where where he keeps on just going dang, 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 bang, with all these like bullet pointed yeah. things um, that all that all sort of connected in that way. I should have done my homework, but but yeah, that was a, uh, it does kind of, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Or was it The Cure? Maybe it was The Cure. Mm. Okay, my Cure and Clash mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, now I know what I'm doing with my afternoon. I'm going to record... <laughs> Uh, your poem, but set to Vogue, or yeah. okay. I'll, I'll look okay. for some Clash songs yeah. and see. Yeah, some Vogue. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Dean, something of the Beauty Queen, uh, dance on Jim, um, Fred Astaire, dance on air. Yeah, uh, come on, guys, fill in for me. We must be able to get it. <laughs> we'll do the whole thing. Marlowe, Grace Kelly, Harlow Jean, picture of a Beauty Queen. Oh, come on, you guys, you should know this. You're fine under that. Ask, <sighs> it, ask your twin. Uh, daughters, if they know all the words to Vogue, because we are one year younger than them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a chance. Not a chance. It's like, yeah, I know. It's my it's my era, like eighties, nineties. I know. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I do still love your pop culture references that you lace throughout yeah. the, your your books. You know, I mean, I have this kind of theory that pop culture has has it has a shelf life. You know, some last forever. So you know, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, they're mm. there for good. Right. Other ones which are on the kind of sea list, the endangered. Right. So they, they like they like basically animals. Right. There are ones that are not endangered at all. Like which is, yeah, obvious Elvis, Madonna. Um, mm. Then then you get sort of more endangered um, and then you get on the critical list. 
and endangered is kind of things like bonanza Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's certainly endangered as a pop culture reference. Yes, it is. Um, I think um, Carmen Miranda is on the critically endangered list. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You see, and this is because this is a reference to Early Riser that you've just you just yeah. read. And and what we have to do as authors is we whenever you reference a pop culture reference which is slightly on the endangered list or on the mm. critical list, then you're you're just giving it a little new lease of life because oh. somebody will read Early Riser and go, sorry, what is this about Carmen Miranda and the fruit hat? And they will go on YouTube and they go, oh, my God, that's like the yeah. best thing I've ever seen in my life. And I will not be able to think of a bowl of fruit without thinking of Carmen Miranda doing archikibu, archikibu, archikibu. And, and then you go, oh, my God, that's just like, I remember that was uh, in The Mask with Jim Carrey. He did um, yes, Cuban right. Peak. Yeah. And that's kind of, and he, ha- and he wears all that stuff and you go, yeah. oh my God, that's where it's from. And I can connect the dots now and understand the world in a much better way. Yeah. And, and so there's, I think, a great responsibility within fantasy writers to bring back, you know, and promote pop culture references. You know, and I'm, I'm trying with Bonanza, uh, which is <laughs> much harder. Yeah. Than, you know, because you could argue, do we really need Bonanza in our pop culture reference? Uh, maybe not. Uh, I, I do have to say, while reading Early Riser, uh, the Carmen Miranda scene when she is rediscovered and you just hear boom, chicky, boom, boom. I set my book down and my wife was worried about me because I was laughing so hard. It was just like that perfect moment of like, that was 150% out of left field and I loved every minute of that. Good. Good. Well, I mean, now, now figure this. Right, is that originally, uh, originally Carl Miranda was Rick Astley. Yeah, I want I wanted more of um, I wanted more of the Sound of Music as well, Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh yeah. But again, I, I couldn't I couldn't use that. So yeah. um, you know, and I was trying to use the, the lines from um, you know, um, Whiskers on Kittens and whatever yeah. it was, um, yeah. uh, Snowflakes on. Yeah. I wanted to use the Snowflakes line from, yeah. from that. Couldn't do it. Yeah, so I had to do something else. So yeah, it's and it's because because of uh, I couldn't use Rick Astley that I used Camaranda. Well, you know, without that, the book was just terrible, right? Like yeah, I just didn't enjoy Thank it at all. I, yeah, lots of Camaranda. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts from that book. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I don't want to wrap this up, but. Um, <laughs> I, Again, yeah, this has been just uh, very exciting to have you on to share some of your um, attempts at poetry. Yeah. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe stick with the with the novels. <laughs> I, think, I think I will. I think I know that. I yeah, know that. I think after sixteen yeah. novels, you figured it out. Uh, but yeah, we don't need, we don't need to tell you that. But um, <laughs> uh, we don't want to keep you any longer from the real work and life that you have ahead of you. But this has been a complete moonshot of a moment for us as fans of your work. Uh, yeah. So thank you for sharing your time. No, my my pleasure. It's been it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, my my sister Sonia would be uh, extremely um frustrated with me if I didn't give her that name check. So Sonia, this this episode is dedicated to you. Without you, we would have never had this episode. There you go. Yeah, thank you, Sonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but before you leave, um, hmm. here at My Bad Poetry, we end each week with the words of a true poet. 
So I'm going to leave that for you to interpret how you want to leave it. We've had our guests read poetry that they are proud of, that they've had published. I know that you technically are a published poet because of characters who have had poetry in your books. But um, uh, how, whatever poem you want to end our time with today, I'll, I'll leave it for you. Okay, so so this is this is a, a sonnet written in 1941 by a uh, by a pilot. I think it's Canadian uh, Canadian pilot pilot um, uh, called John John Gillespie McGee, um, and he he was flying over South Wales where I live, and he used to go up flying and he used to write the poetry while he was flying, just jot down things and then come down and mm. and write poems, write sonnets yeah. to flying. Now, the interesting thing about flying, you see, is because I'm a pilot um, and it's very difficult to write about something that is so slightly sort of um, esoteric and nebulous. It's like trying to explain to someone why surfing is really good. Hmm. Right. You know, give me a a poem about surfing that says it all in right. like you know 70 words and it's like oh well generally surfers aren't kind of poets in that kind of way sure. so you've got these two different you know roles that you've got to try and equate and writing about aviation and flying and what it what it really means is very very difficult um, um Ernest F. Gann is probably one of the best aviation writers and when you read his stuff you know he's a he's an aviator um, mm. it's very difficult to kind of explain and I think there's a lot of things like that which are very very difficult to explain what what they're they're like um anyway so he he wrote this um sonnet to flight which was called high flight although i don't think it actually had a title and the sonnet was found amongst his personal effects because he died um when he collided with another aircraft whilst on active duty uh in the uk so and he was only uh what was he it must be only about 20 when he died um so the world was robbed of a major talent um, but anyway, but this is it. Um, uh, oh, uh, oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the sky on laughter silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sunspit clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark or even eagle flew. And while, with silent, lifting mind, I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. That is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, uh, Ronald Reagan um, spoke from that when he was eulogizing the the people who were lost on the Challenger. Oh, uh, that's where I've heard that line. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's, 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 it's scraps of it are used here and there, um, Mm. you know, um, but that's, that's the full, that's the full sonnet. But for me, when you talk about um, uh, footless pools of air, Mm. So that is exactly you fly between two clouds and that is a footless hall of air and there's no better description <sighs> and you know there will be no better poetry about aviation i don't think <laughs> you know top the windswept heights with easy grace 
Hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just a fabulous piece. High untrespassed sanctity of space. Hmm. Well, yeah. Thank you for, for choosing that and and yeah. um, ending with some good poetry for today. <laughs> this has been my bad poetry. Now go write some of your own bad poetry. That's a wrap. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Good. Good. Well, I hope you edit something, the one usable (laughs) bolt out of the car wreck. (laughs) The one usable bolt. Uh, Oh, here's, do you want to just finish off? Do you want a good Lutheran story? Yes. Okay. Love one. (laughs) Okay. So, right. Rhyme free doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry.